Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast for the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you haven't already, we encourage you to check out our audio archive at vineyardcampbellsville.org. You can also subscribe on iTunes or wherever you like to get podcasts. And now, here's this week's message brought to you by Senior Pastor Adam Russell. Hey, good morning, everybody. Feels chatty in here today. So chatty. Um, happy Sunday. Uh, if you want to open up your Bibles to John chapter 3, you can. My name is Adam. I'm the pastor here. And we're in a series right now called Born. And it is from John chapter 3. We're going to be cruising here this week and then a couple more weeks after that. We're just looking at one singular chapter. And really what we're talking about over these four weeks is the idea of being, of being born again of being born from above. That's what Jesus says. And uh, before we get to the text this morning, uh, I want to ask you this. Uh, When was the last time you had an experience when you realized there was more? You know, like some sort of an experience that sort of just baptizes you into the reality that there's more to existence than then just you get up and you make your coffee and you go to work and then you come home and you watch your shows and you go to bed and you get up, you make coffee, you go to work, you come home, you watch your shows, you go to bed. You know, there's something more. It sort of like breaks you out of that. Like one of the words that sometimes is used is transcendence. Anybody ever had a moment of transcendence? Probably you have. And oftentimes they're surprising. And what's interesting is, is that for most people, they come in lots of different ways. There's some commonality, but then there's some unique ways that this idea of this feeling of transcendence, that there's something more beyond just the everyday mundane. Uh, for some of us in the room, it, it, comes from, it comes from maybe just being out in nature. You get out in nature and you realize, oh man, I'm like a really small person in the universe. Anybody ever gone out into uh, a field and maybe there's no light pollution and you look up and you can see the Milky Way? How many of you know you can see the Milky Way here in central Kentucky? on a really clear night. Have you ever gone out and just like, not just looked up, but have you ever like laid down on the ground and just like, and then all of a sudden feelings come on your body. You're like, what is this? You know, does that ever happen to anyone? Or or maybe, maybe you've, uh, maybe you've traveled a little bit and you went to the West coast and you went to the Redwood forest. Who Who here has ever been to the Redwood forest? Yeah. There's, if you haven't, I highly recommend it. Uh, because one of the things that happens when you get in the redwood forest is you're just very aware that there's some kind of precious ecosystem that is making this thing happen. There are trees that are hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years old, and they're like, I don't know how many feet tall they are. There was this one tree I stood next to, and it was 26 feet around, right? Heather took a picture of me. I, you couldn't even tell where I was. It just disappeared, you know? Uh, some of us some of us have had moments of transcendence, like in music. Maybe you went to a concert. Anybody ever listened to a song or maybe put your AirPod Pros in and you put it on spatial audio and you're like, whoa. You know? Yeah. Dark, dark side of the moon, bro. Yeah, I, I was remembering this week. It was, uh, it was 2005 and I was in Chicago with some friends and we had gone to see U2, uh, and they were, they were putting on a show, and the show was great, right? Like, it's Bono, it's The Edge, and they're doing their, 
their U2 stuff and the whole place is like locked in. But there was this moment, there was this moment where the music sort of comes down and Bono starts to sing and you can tell he's off script at this point. He's off script and he starts to sing, a light is breaking into this city, great light will overtake us. And you could feel something like hit the room and Bono gets the whole crowd to start singing, start singing, lights breaking into this city, great light will overtake us. Now at the time, I wasn't a pastor, I was a worship leader and I'm like, I know what you're doing. <laughs> like, I know what you're doing. Uh, you're singing spontaneous prophetic songs over us and you're having us sing it and you're actually singing like a prophetic word over Chicago. Like, it, and you could feel it. Like it was like, boom. And in that moment, you're aware that this isn't just the earth and we're not just located here on the planet, but like heaven and earth are overlapped and they're always overlapped. We just don't always know it. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Like these, these moments that break us out of the mundane and make us realize, oh, there's something much, much bigger going on. And there's something much, much bigger happening. Now, let me ask you this question. How many of you have ever been in the room when a baby was born? Yeah, I've, I've had a front row seat to that four times. I think the first time I had a side seat. <laughs> then the nurses had to like pick me up. But I've had something like, the, like a front row seat to that for four times. And let me just tell you, that's a transcendent moment, isn't it? Uh, here's, here's what it is like if you haven't been in the room when someone is giving birth. I'll, I'll spare you the details, but I'll just tell you this. I'll tell you this. There's nothing else in the world like it. Like the hairs on your arms will stand up. Uh, the hair on the back of your neck will stand up. And here's what's wild about it. It's the most natural thing in the world, but there's something like profoundly supernatural about it. And if you, if you watch a hundred of them in your life, I, it would still be supernatural at the end. Uh, I was once talking to a labor and delivery nurse about this phenomenon, and she told me that she has seen literally thousands of babies come into the world and take their first breath. And she says, every single time I've seen it, there's a thought inside of me that says, this is a miracle. This is a miracle. How did this happen? This is a miracle. Now, let me say this. That's just natural birth. That's like moms and dads. What about, what about supernatural birth? What about being born from above? What about being born again? What about, what about finding out that your core identity isn't just who your family is or what your job is or your station in life, but what about when you find out for real in the center of your heart that you belong to God and that his divine love has been placed upon you. It has never been away from you and you've been held in his arms and you will be held in his arms for all of eternity. What about when you find out about that? I mean, if natural birth is a miracle, then what is, what is being born from above as Jesus says? I want to quickly review last week. Last week we saw that being born again or being born from above, uh, it means a few things. It means having a new start. Every birth is a new start. That's what a birth is. It's a brand new start. And part of what we talked about last week is no matter where you're at in this room or what's happening in your life, you can have a brand new start. Maybe, maybe you need one. Good news. Uh, you can have one. 
That's part of what it means. Uh, but it's not just that. Being born from above, as Jesus says, this idea of above, it has this, this idea connected to it of being born from a place. It's, it's another place. And how many of you know that places have their own cultures, you know? Uh, how many of you know that Taylor County is not the same as Southern California? It's not the same as South Korea? It's not the same as West Africa? Like places have cultures. And if you're born from above, it's not just a new start, but you're being born into a new culture, which is to say you're being given a brand new identity. And that what it means to be born again is it means to have your core identities placed into, into God and his kingdom. That's what it means. It means I get a brand new operating system. I'm no longer operating by the, the rules and the ways of the world, but I've been born into a new family. I've been born into a new kingdom. I've been born into some new arms and there's a new culture and that's my core identity. Being born again means complete and total renovation of the heart. And the last thing that we saw last week is that this is for everyone. This is for everyone. Sometimes at church, you get the idea, oh, this is just for people who are like down and out. You know, this is for people who are really struggling or this is for people who don't have their life together. But what we saw last week is it's not just the down and out, but it's, it's the up and out. Nicodemus, respected, respected man. Nicodemus, wealthy. Nicodemus uh, had a great education. So Nicodemus is like a social elite. And Jesus says to even to him, hey man, you got to be born again. And it doesn't matter what you've known about God or what you've studied or how much you've amassed or how much respect you have, even you, it's for everyone. So today, here's what I want to do. Uh, we want to take our little project a bit further and uh, I want to put a, maybe a couple things up this morning. Two questions. Reese, maybe you can help me. These are the thing we're going to look at this morning. Uh, number one, how is someone born again? And then number two, maybe even more importantly, how would you even know that you'd been born again? Like, how could you tell? Those are the questions we'll be tackling this morning. And uh, we're going to read a text this morning. Reese, why don't we put up the John text? Actually, we're just going to read four through eight, even though it says one through eight. Uh, it says this. This is Nicodemus talking to Jesus. He says, how can someone be born when they're old? Nicodemus asked, surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. And Jesus answered, very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born, you might want to underline this, of water and the spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but spirit gives birth to spirit. You should not be surprised at me saying you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everybody who's born of the Spirit. We'll look at how first. And in order to look at how, we're going to look at verses 5 and 6. Maybe we can put those back up for a moment, Reese. Jesus says, I tell you the truth. No one can enter the kingdom of God unless they're born of water and the Spirit. Uh, sometimes people read this verse and they think, oh, I get this, I get this. Uh, water here, uh, water here is like, like that's a sign of your first birth, you know? Your mom's water breaks and then you're born. And Jesus is like, in order to be born again, you got to be born. That makes sense. And then you got to be born of the Spirit. There it is, water and the Spirit. But that's not really the idea that Jesus 
is getting at. In reality, uh, the words that Jesus is using here, uh, they are, they're, really, they're really referring to the, the same thing. So both being born of water and being born of the Spirit, it's about the same thing, which is a new birth. And then sometimes people think, oh, when Jesus is talking about being born of water, he's talking about baptism, right? Like you got to get baptized. And it would make some sense because in the Gospel of John, water is literally everywhere. And in John chapter 1, if you go back and read it, everybody's getting baptized. That's when John the Baptist is out there and the disciples are getting baptized. And then finally Jesus gets baptized and everybody's just baptized. And there's water everywhere. And you just think, oh, that's what Jesus is talking about. He's like, you got to get water baptized and then you got to get filled with the Spirit. Isn't that what he's saying? No, not really. What he's saying is he's using, he's using this image of water He's using this image of water as a metaphor for the Spirit. And by the way, this is all over, all over the Gospel of John. I was reading a little bit this week, and one of the things that the scholar, uh, the New Testament scholar Craig Keener says is that these are not the ideas that a guy like Nicodemus would have had in his mind when Jesus is talking to him like this. Like Nicodemus was a smart cat, knew his Bible. And he said one of the things that Nicodemus would have had in his mind would have been this passage from Ezekiel chapter 36. And maybe we can put that up, Reese. Listen to this. This is what the Lord says through the prophet Ezekiel. He says, I will sprinkle clean water on you and you'll be clean. I'll cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols. I'll give you a new heart and I'll put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you the heart of stone and I'll give you a heart of flesh and I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. It's this idea of water that cleanses. But if you notice by the end of this passage, God wants to give the spirit as well. Jesus is making this stunning claim to Nicodemus when he says you got to be born of the water and you got to be born of the spirit. He's saying that he is the water. In chapter 1, people are baptized, which is a sign of being washed and cleansed. In chapter 2 there's, uh, of John, there's six stone water pots, and they were used for the ceremonial cleansing. And that's what Jesus uses to turn uh, water into wine. So there's this thing already. Chapter 1, you're getting baptized. Why? It's like a sign of being cleansed, like a brand new start. You get washed. In chapter 2, there are these six stone water pots. It's where people wash their hands ceremonially, and Jesus turns that into wine. In chapter four, if we jump over chapter three and chapter four, there's this woman at the well and she's like, she's like, sir, do I need to get you a drink? And he's like, listen, lady, if you knew who you were talking to, you'd be asking me for a drink. And she's like, really, what do you mean? He's like, he's like, I've got water. I've got the kind of water that if you take one drink of it, you'll never be thirsty again. And he's saying like, I am that water. That's what Jesus is saying to her. And then in John chapter seven, there's a big festival and Jesus stands up and in a loud voice, he says, anybody who's thirsty can what? Come to me and you can get a drink. And he says, rivers of living water will come out of you. Jesus is saying to Nicodemus here, when you got to be born of water and the spirit, he's saying, look, look, there's something much, much bigger going on here. Jesus is using water as a symbol for the life of the spirit. And what is the life of the spirit? When it comes to water, it's purifying, it's cleansing, but it's also quenching. Yeah, some of us here have like hungry and thirsty hearts. There's like 
aches and there's desires in you. And I just want you to know, it'll never be met until the life of the Spirit is, is active in your life. That's what Jesus is saying. Some of us are very aware of like the fact that we need cleansing, we need washing, but how many of you know what you really need as well is you need, you need quenched. You, you need renewed on the inside. That's what Jesus is saying. It's the life-giving, quenching uh, life of the Spirit, and it can be ours. The Spirit makes us born again. The Spirit gives us new life. And in the same way that we don't will ourselves to life in our first birth, we do not will ourselves to life in the second. The Spirit does that. You know, how is someone born again? It's a work of the Spirit. That's what Jesus is saying. It's a work of the Spirit. All the cleansing, all the purifying, all the quenching, all of the renewal, it's not your effort. It's the work of the Spirit. It's the work of the Spirit. Now, we do have our own part to play, don't we? What, what is our part to play? Uh, Jesus says later in John chapter 3, that most famous verse, verse 16, he says, he says, uh, if you believe, if you believe, if you believe, everyone who believes, everyone who trusts, everyone who puts their, puts their trust into him has this new kind of life. So it's all a work of the Spirit. And what is our part? Our part is to receive and to believe. Our part is to receive and to trust. What I'm trying to get at here is uh, this kind of life, it calls forth action. You know, it's not just something I think up here, but when I begin to trust, when I begin to receive the life of the Spirit, it calls my whole, causes my whole life to be drawn into action. I want to tell you a quick little story. Uh, there's, this, there's this mountain in North Carolina called Grandfather Mountain. And on top of Grandfather Mountain, uh, it, it kind of breaks out above the tree line, and at least for North Carolina, and there's all these rocks. And into the rocks, these unbelievable rock faces, someone has drilled and bolted ladders into the rock face. And in order to get to the very top, in order to get to the very top, you actually have to climb up these ladders. And, and let me tell you, the first time I went there, I thought, how's this legal? Because <laughs> if you fall off the ladder, no one's coming to get you. And there are certain places that if you fall off the ladder, you're just dead. They'll just, your body will just be down there somewhere. No one will ever find you. And you think, how in the world, how in the world is this even a thing? All these ladders bolted into the rock and none of the ladders have a harness attached to them. In order to make it to the top, here's what you have to do. If you want to make it to the top, you have to trust those ladders. There's something about those ladders that call forth action in you. And when you put your hand on there, you, you just have to trust that this is, this is good wood and those are good bolts and this is sturdy stone. And, and if you do that, you can make it to the top. That's what life with God is always like. Uh, life with God always calls forth embodiment. Uh, one of the things that Jesus is always wanting to do is he's wanting to break us out of what we think we know in our brains and he's wanting to call us into action. Like it's all the life of the spirit. Uh, renewal, cleansing, thirst quenching, all of those things that happen. It's his work. What does it mean to be born again? It means that the life of the Spirit is active in you. But it's not just something that's happening up here. It's calling us into action. Spirit is 
our helper. How are we born? We're born by the Spirit. But how would you know? That's our second question. Maybe we can put up verses 7 and 8. I love what Jesus says here. I love what he says here, especially in verse 8. He says, the wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. So it is with everybody who's born of the Spirit. Uh, This verse is about the freedom of God. It's about the mystery of God. It's about God's ability to do what he wants and to go where he pleases. Jesus says, you can hear the sound, but you don't know where it's coming from or where it's going. How many of you know that uh, when we get together as the church, we can sense God's presence, right? Like even this morning, like we could just, we could just sense God's presence here with us. But how many of you know, I don't, I don't know how it got here and I don't, I don't know what happens. I, I, I literally have experienced this a million times. and I'm like, I don't know what the, how does that happen, right? I just know that when it's happening, I'm, I'm aware of it. Uh, we can feel the wind and we can hear the wind. We can't nail it all down. We can't predict it. And another way to say this is, uh, you you know that something has happened in your life and you know that it's a work of the Spirit when there's something about it that's surprising. That's what Jesus is really getting at here. This is about the freedom of God. Like, How, how do you know that you've been born again? I, I would say it this way. When, when you are surprised by the life of the Spirit in you, when you are surprised by the things that God is doing, when there's an element of surprise around your life and God, and then also I would say this as well, when others are surprised by you, when others are surprised by the life of the Spirit that is manifesting in you. It has something to do with surprise. People born from above should expect the surprising work of the Spirit in their life. I'll tell you another story. I told some of y'all this a little bit earlier. I I love the ways of God. It is so weird sometimes, right? Um, I'm a pastor. I I read the Bible most days. I I pray every day. Uh, I try to hang out with with people whenever I can. Uh, You know, I'm a professional Christian. Um, it's It's on my Twitter bio. And... And, and here's what's wild. Like you can, you can be a pastor and read the Bible and pray and hang out with people and process their lives and all that kind of thing. And, and what's interesting is sometimes you hear things from God and, and, and sometimes you don't. You're just like, just like everybody else. You know, I'm just reading the Bible and I'm going to trust this and I'm just, you know, and it doesn't feel like, it doesn't always feel like that God is actively leading me. You know what I'm talking about? How many of you have ever had seasons where God was actively leading you and then it's like, sometimes you're like, I don't know. I'm just, I feel like I'm making it up right now or something. But then, but then uh, this year, on my birthday, May 7, I'm, in, I'm out in Seattle with Seth. And I get a phone call from a guy that I talk to some, but I don't talk to him very often. He calls me and he says, Adam, uh, I have a prophetic word for you. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah. He goes, it's your birthday. And he goes, I was thinking about you. And then the Lord started talking to me about you. And he, and he begins to tell me some things, which were really encouraging. And this guy doesn't live here. He lives way out on the East Coast, right? So that's May 7. I get this very encouraging word. We get home from the West Coast. I'm back here. This is like a week later. And then I have another friend 
It's kind of like this other friend I was just telling you about. I don't talk to him very often, occasionally. He's an interesting cat, but he doesn't live on the East Coast. Instead, he lives in, in Los Angeles. He calls me. He's like, Adam, can I talk to you? I said, yeah. He goes, hey, the Lord's been talking to me about you. I have a prophetic word for you. I'm like, what is it? And he tells me, and it's the same thing the first guy told me. <laughs> These two guys don't know each other. What is that? It's the surprising work of the Spirit. Then in June, then in June, I get called from another friend who lives in Chicago. And he's like, Adam, I have a word for you. I'm like, from who? He's like, I think it's from the Lord. And I said, what is it? And he tells me something, and it's the same thing these other two guys have told me. And then in July, I go to the national conference in North Carolina, and I have two friends that I haven't seen in like a year, and they come up to me and they go, hey, the Lord was talking to me about you last night. And then different points of the day, they give me a word, and guess what the word is? It's the same thing these other three cats have told me. Now I have it five times. I've got five times. Now, here's what that means, just in case you don't know. Number one, isn't it awesome to be known by God? Like, isn't it awesome that God would just put somebody on? But, but it, it's a little bit about what Jesus is talking about here. It's the surprise. How do you know that the Spirit is at work in your life? How do you know that you've been born again? Surprising things start happening in your life. And it doesn't always happen like this. But one way is that, like the voice of the Spirit starts coming to you from desperate places where people don't even know each other and they're giving you the same thing. It's an amazing thing. Now, let me just talk to you about prophecy for a second. If you get a prophetic word five times, here's what I've learned after like 30 some years of following Jesus. If you're getting it five times and it's pretty clear, you're going to need it. Yeah, probably what it means is I've got some trouble coming too. No joke. Yeah. Like when the Lord starts to speak very clear, he's telling you some things to, so you can be encouraged, so you can make it through difficult seasons. But that's like the surprising work of the Spirit. Like how do you know that you've been born again? Well, let me ask you another question. Uh, how many of you have ever met someone who had tremendous peace during really hard times? Like when you looked at their life, you're like depressed, and then you go and talk to them, and they're not depressed. And you're like, how are you... How? <laughs> you're like, because I'm bummed out. And they're like, I am not bummed out. I mean, have, you, have you ever seen that? Yeah. Uh, this, is, this has been a few years ago. Uh, there was a person here who was really sick. Really sick. And then after they got over their really big sickness, they had like some family drama. And then after the family drama, they got super sick again. And I went and talked to this person. I'm like, hey, dude, how are you doing? And they're like, I don't know. I feel the Lord. I've never been better. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Don't give me the religious answer. Like, you're really sick. You've had family drama and you were sick before that. And they're like, no, I have a buoyant spirit. That, they used that word with me. I was like, buoyant? No one says buoyant. I'm like, I'm bummed out for you. And they're like, I am not bummed out. The Lord is with me. I'm like, but it doesn't, nothing in your life is looking like it. And they're like, I know it doesn't matter. Right? Like, what is that? It's the surprising work of the Spirit. Like people who endure, endure hardship, but like don't lose their joy. Have you, ever, have you ever seen that in real life? I have. What is it? It's the surprising work of the Spirit. It's how you know that somebody's had some sort of an encounter with Jesus. I was also thinking of this this week. How many of you remember, how many of you remember, maybe you remember, this is like, Man, this is probably 20 years ago. Do you remember 20 years ago that madman 
who went into the Amish community and he locked himself in the one-room schoolhouse with the children and he shot five children, killed them in cold blood, and he injured five others. Do you guys remember that story? What was the surprising part of that story? Near, less than a week, less than a week after the children had been shot in cold blood and other children are hanging on by a thread for their life, the parents of those children and the elders of the community came forward and, we, and they said, we forgive the man who did this. The story is even crazier. Not only did they forgive the man, they embraced this guy's parents. They went to their, they went to those parents when they were putting their son who had killed their children in the grave. They went to the graveside funeral and they surrounded the parents and they extended like friendship and love to them. Not only that, but from that moment on, the, the boy's mother who killed those little Amish kids, the boy's mother was welcomed into their community and once a week she helped nurse one of the children who was forever changed by her son's actions because she was put in a wheelchair and had a trach, right? And so she would go and take care of her once a week. Now, can you imagine? Can you imagine extending forgiveness to a madman who had shot your children can you imagine going to the graveside service for that man and embracing the parents? And can you imagine welcoming the mother of that guy into your community and letting her nurse your children who are in terrible situation because that kid shot your kids? Can you imagine that? And I would ask you this, what is that? What is that? I'll tell you what that is. It's the surprising work of Jesus by the Holy Spirit. That's what it is. Like, how would you know you'd been born again when the surprising life of the Spirit is around you and then when other people are surprised by the amount of the Spirit that is in you? You know, uh, I remember when that happened uh, in that community. Uh, I was talking to a lot of people. And, and what's interesting is most people were like, I would never forgive that guy. I would never forgive that guy. And, and the very people who were closest to it were like, we will forgive that guy. We have forgiven that guy. What is it? The surprising work of the Spirit. So how are you born again? Oh, you're born by water and the Spirit. You're born by the activity of the Spirit in your life. And that activity is cleansing, it is purifying, and it is quenching to the core, to the core desires of your heart. And how would you know? you would know because there begins to be an element of surprise that happens in your life. Now, some of us here this morning, some of us here this morning are like, you know what? I remember when there was, there was an element of surprise around my life. And now it doesn't feel like there's much of an element of surprise in my life. Or I remember when there was a season in my life where like wild things were happening, you know? And now it doesn't feel like that anymore. Well, here's what we want to do this morning. Uh, we want to we take a moment and we want to ask that the Spirit of God who has renewed and renovated our heart, uh, we want to pray that that Spirit would stay active and we want to pray that the, that the Spirit of, of just surprise would be poured out on our lives uh, even today again. Would that be all right? So here's what I would love. I would love if you're just... 
uh, in the rows and columns this morning. Will you just stand up? We're going to pray. If you're on the band, come on up. Thanks again for stopping by the podcast of the Vineyard Church in Campbellsville, Kentucky. If you'd like to keep up with what's happening at the Vineyard, you can follow us on social media. Until next time.